0: Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
3: So we got a couple of things we want to talk with our uh, healthcare expert, Craig, we've been having on for many, many years, including we're going to get to... Um, I actually had a discussion with him as he's a lawyer, like, what things should you tell your doctor or shouldn't tell your doctor? Which is an Well, interesting, you just got to tell them everything, Jack, you, certainly. You would think that that's a good idea, and it and probably is the best idea for your health. It is not the best idea for the next time you apply for life insurance or maybe something with the DMV or a variety of things, oh which is not a good system. We don't want a system where you're not being honest with your doctor because you're not going to get good results, but let's live in reality. And we'll talk to Craig about that coming up in a few minutes. You're probably
4: thinking, what about HIPAA, the privacy stuff? Yeah. Exactly what we're going to talk about. So Craig Gottwalls, Craig the healthcare guru, joins us. He's an attorney at law and benefit consultant with Benefit Revolution and, and a good friend as well. Craig, how are you? I am well fine, sirs. How art thou? Uh, awesome. Uh, we art kick ass. Thank you. Um, so uh, we wanted to have you on for a couple of things. Number one, the, the thing we just mentioned. But first, we just thought it was time to have you on again to re-explain, to help people, new listeners perhaps, understand what a scam government health care and the accounting and legislation behind it is, how dishonest it all is. Are you up for that? Oh, absolutely. I'm always
5: up for that one, Joe. All Uh, right, so talk to us. We passed Medicare and Medicaid in 1965 in this country. Medicare covers the oldsters. Medicaid covers our lowest income amongst us. So the first point with respect to these programs is how mission creep is so fantastic within government programs. When Medicaid, again, low income in California, we happen to call it Medi-Cal, which is kind of a complicated, weird way of, you know, it makes it, Weird, but it was designed to cover the lowest 2% of wage earners in the country. Today, it covers 40% of all babies born and about one-third of all people in the country, and at least in blue states, a little bit less than that in red states.
3: God, and that is so classic from that book of the uh, high cost of good intentions. I mean, because you can convince voters that the bottom 2%. Of in, yeah. let's help them out. I mean, come on, it could happen to anybody. Blah 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 blah. Next thing you know, damn near half of babies are covered by it.
5: That's right, and it, it, you, if you you guys read the HIPAA article that I had published this week, and, and the high cost of good intentions is another way of what one of my law professors used to ironically say is uh, no good no good deed goes unpunished. Right. Now Medicare, interestingly enough, so both of these programs systematically underpaid doctors. I mean, when you, when you add this many bodies to a program that was only designed to cover 2% of the population, and now it covers 40% in the case of Medicaid, uh, you, you, you have to cut costs somewhere. Right. And we know the one place government doesn't cut costs is on administration. (laughs) Uh, in fact, we know it's highly, highly ineffective in that matter. Um, fun stat for you there. Uh, Hospital administration, so we've basically doubled the number of doctors in our country since 1970. Uh, and if you, but if you look at medical administration, primarily hospital administration, that's up 3,000%. Wow! Since 1970.
3: Oh well, my God! Just like schools and everything else, yeah.
5: Just like schools, that's right. And, and in, in that vein, if you look at just look at inflation in the economy since 2000, from 2000 to now... Hospital services are up the most at 240%. People always ask me, well, what's college tuition? Well, that's only 170%. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't
4: mean to, to derail you in case you have a carefully laid out uh, plan for no, how we're no, going to no. Go get ahead. there. But um, you mentioned that the doctors are, are like, ridiculously underpaid by yeah, Medicare. Yeah. How does that even out? How do doctors and
5: hospitals stay in business? yeah so this has been going on since roughly the mid nineties This has been a big problem where the amount that Medicare pays each year and Medicaid for the most part, the amount that they pay more each year only goes up by about one percent uh, and and right around the mid nineties that became a problem where you know some of the higher cost facilities some of your your more premium hospitals for example they it it wasn't even necessarily covering their costs so what has to happen then in the system is these hospitals, when they go into the, the big negotiations with the big four or five national medical carriers, they have to negotiate higher reimbursements for these same procedures just in order to keep their doors open because Medicare and Medicaid increasingly don't pay what the actual costs are. So we've ended up with a system where nationally, uh, if you were to have a an elective surgery, it would cost you X at your you know, w- within your, your Medicare, or me- we we'll call it Medicare system, it would cost you X, that has to be about 250% of X through your private insurer, just so that hospitals can stay afloat. So in other words, all of us that have private health care insurance are paying a tax, roughly two and a half times the cost of what Medicare and Medicaid pay, just in order to keep the facilities afloat. And in the industry, we know this is a hidden tax or a hidden cost shift associated with the fact that medicare systematically and medicaid systematically underpay facilities
4: so it is quite directly a tax it's a transfer of wealth so i think a, people yeah, need a hidden tax. Need to understand yeah. that and then the utter dishonesty mm. of congress and their budgeting yeah. for it that fascinated me the first time you brought that up yeah joe you're so good uh you remember these things i do it for fight, a living right, 10 years ago
5: <laughs> um so like when you pass something like Obamacare had this in it, for example, it's it's they always Congress in order to when they were pricing Obamacare, it was coming in one and a quarter, one and a half trillion dollars overall ballpark when when the CBO was scoring it. And the the, the congressional uh, bodies, people that wanted to pass Obamacare, they knew that uh, it's going to be very hard for us to pass this if, in fact, it's more than a trillion dollars. So we got to get the scorecard on Obamacare down under a trillion Well, one of the ways they do that systematically is they write into Obamacare, uh, and they did. They wrote in that, you know, one of the ways we're going to save money with this law is starting in 2014, four years out, we're going to start reducing what Medicare pays doctors by 1% per year until such point that you get the overall price tag of Obamacare to look like it's going to be less than a trillion dollars, which is exactly what they did. They passed Obamacare. And then, of course, when 2014 rolled around four years later, they repealed the provision that said they were going to reduce what's paid in Medicare and Medicaid. Because, of course, if you try to actually cut that, no oldsters or low income folks would get any health care whatsoever. And then the price tag of Obamacare shoots up to two trillion dollars. It doubles. And they, it, it's not just done in Obamacare. This has been done in a handful of, of major legislation related to health care over the past 20 years. So they claim
4: we'll be cutting costs in the future, but when the future comes, yeah. they always put it off. That's right. It's utterly dishonest. Craig Gottwall's the healthcare guru, is on the line. Go ahead.
5: Oh, and then and so when the CBO scores it, of course, they just have to score. They're just, you know, they're just actuaries and accountants. They, they simply have to score what's written in the bill. And the bill was written that Medicare and Medicaid were going to get cut even further. So, of course, you know, they scored it as under a trillion and then quickly it doubled.
4: Right, and then the final point is that as this, uh, you know, accounting trickery and and uh, terribly low payments to medical facilities continues, there are fewer and fewer doctors who are willing to see these patients. Yeah, that's
5: right. In fact, in, in blue states, uh, because because blue states have expanded Medicaid, the low income portion, as, as far as they lawfully can, you, you're in a situation now where roughly half of doctors won't even take a Medicaid patient. And it's something like 10 to 20% of doctors won't take a new Medicare patient, again, because of the fact that it systematically pays you much less than the, the private corporate plans. And the big the bigger problem that we've mentioned on this show before is if you're in California, for example, and this is true across all blue states seventy one percent of all health care expenses are paid by the taxpayer now in in blue states
3: so damn near three quarters yep is already government health care tax socialized healthcare. Healthcare. yeah yeah mm-hmm. so it's it's weird that we even have this argument over whether or not we're going to go down the road of socialized health care because we're three quarters of the way there at least in california but it's
4: one of the main reasons sorry to interrupt this one of the main reasons the country's going into such incredible debt is paying for this dishonest uh budgeting trickery
5: anyway well and i would i would even argue at this point jack we have a socialized system because i've been full-time doing nothing but this and negotiating with these massive carriers for 22 years And let me just share this statistic with you. 2009, before Obamacare passed, since from 2009 to today, the S&P 500 is up 422%. The stock prices on the five largest medical insurers is up 1,921%. Wow. And so, in other words, they're all in it together, folks. Healthcare is the number one employer in the in the United States, number one private employer. And it's the number one lobby in the United States spending no. $700 million annually. The government and the large insurers are all in bed together on this thing.
3: It doesn't seem like it, that would please anybody, though. Lefties like the Bernie Sanders crowd or the Rand Paul crowd. It doesn't seem like anybody would be happy with that.
5: Well, Jack, you just you just committed a huge sin that you guys rail against all the time. You assume that Bernie represents the Democratic Party and that Rand represents the Republican Party, and you know darn well they are the outliers on both ends.
3: Yeah, that's true.
5: They're rebels. Yeah, no, dirty true. rebels. <laughs> yeah, the, 80, the 85% in the middle of the republic love this because they are lining their pockets with this
3: stuff. Yeah. So I had a conversation with Craig over the last couple of weeks about what you should or should not tell your doctor. And it seems like on the face of it, you'd want to be honest with your doctor. But there's some stuff that can end up in your permanent record, just like when you're in second grade. It's going to go in your permanent record uh, that can have an effect on you in the future. And we'll talk to Craig about that coming up next.
6: Armstrong and Getty. We're talking with a
3: healthcare expert, our friend Craig, who we've had on for years and years. And I've been thinking about how to introduce this topic so as not to uh, be uh, uh, immoral in any way or get us into any legal trouble in any way. Before, while you're thinking about that, let me say this. I just heard
4: the perfect quote, the emblem of our times, was a trans activist. And the quote was, just because I gave birth, that doesn't make me a woman.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> How Title IX is being turned against women. Next segment. But for now, indeed, we're talking to Craig Gottwalls, the healthcare
3: guru. So the topic is what you should or shouldn't tell your doctor. So I would say this, and I certainly don't want to get you in trouble, Craig, but I don't want to have anybody out there not being honest with their doctor and ends up killing them or making them sick or something like that. So I'll look at it this way because I've had this experience, you should be aware that some things you tell your doctor will get out to, say, insurance companies can happen with DMVs that could come back to haunt you. And you might think, well, how would that information get uh, get out with the, like, HIPAA violations? Uh, uh, our Our boss... Had a a bit, a bit major health thing happen in his life, and nobody knew it around here. So, so somebody you work with on a regular basis, you can't reach out to them and say, "Hey, you okay?" or "Hey, anything I can do to help?" because they aren't allowed to tell you because of HIPAA. But something you tell your doctor in the privacy of that office could leak out and have an effect on your life insurance or the DMV in the future. Craig, explain how that could happen.
5: Oh, Jack, you just you threw me two 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 different topics here that <laughs> are related, but so complicated. Okay, so. Let's just take the doctor's office visit. I'm just going to tell you what the law is. I, I will not get into uh, discussing what people should and shouldn't tell their doctors because, as you said, people should always be health- honest with their health care provider and get the help they need.
3: I'm not, um, and I won't be, but uh, you should.
5: <laughs> um, so uh, when you go into a doctor's office, uh, and if if you are to tell your doctor things that could make it uh, such that you could be a danger on the road. For example, uh, you're having some kind of mental impairment. Maybe you've blacked out. Maybe you've, you've had um, seizures, et cetera. If there's my uncontrollable t- rage, for instance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in case, that's right. It's, it's Tourette's like, it's Tourette's like cussing and rage. Uh, if you disclose these things to a medical professional uh, in, in 12 of our 50 States, uh, California and Nevada being two of those twelve, as an example, the healthcare provider is required to report that information over to the Department of Motor Vehicles. And if they if they don't report that information, and you kill somebody on the road, and the investigation reveals their last healthcare visit with you, and that information is in the medical file, that healthcare provider is liable now to to make
3: it clear, i don 't want somebody who's having regular seizures driving either, but if you had kind of like an iffy situation you 're not sure what it was it was a one off because of some weird circumstance you don't want your driver 's license taken away
5: no, no you don't and and this is where you know i have I have good friends and colleagues who are doctors and and administrators of hospitals, and so uh, what I can tell you on this topic is a good doctor, especially a doctor with whom you have a relationship, they really don't want to have to make this report because this is a lot of paperwork. It is a, a very time consuming. You get sucked into the, the bureaucratic amass of these of these entities working together. And then, of course, this particular doctor I spoke with said, and Craig, I don't want to do it because I don't want this person coming back with a gun and shooting up my workplace because, hey, I get it. If we have to report this we could very well be ruining their life. Oh yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. If you so drive for a living or whatever.
5: But here's here's so the hey
3: I, we got that, we so. we got two minutes left, Craig, and I want to make sure okay. we get to this. So how does information you tell your doctor in that room in private end up? How does a life a life insurance company end up hearing about that, for instance?
5: Well, that I think what you're talking about is the article I wrote on how your HIPAA leaks sure. out everywhere all the time, right? And the, just to start off and say, your doctor. Your insurance company, your broker, and your employer are covered by HIPAA. They cannot share your private medical information with anybody unless it's one of these specific health and safety exceptions we just talked about with respect to doctors and the DMB. What's going on in the wider public, the reason your information is out there everywhere is not because of your doctor or your insurance carrier. It is because all of the other insurance carriers. So if you have you know, X cross as your insurance carrier at work, They're not able to share any of your information. Where this information gets shared is when other insurance carriers come to quote on your business. So those insurance carriers might come. There's only, remember, five of them nationally. They'll come to a guy like me and say, Craig, I want to quote on iHeartMedia. And I'll say, great. And I'll send them a census of the 500 people at iHeartMedia. Well, I used to send them a census that had no names or identifiers at all. And they would just look at your demographic information and they would give me a quote. Starting about 10 years ago, these insurance carriers all said, oh, no, 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 no. We can't quote without names. We can't quote without names. And I said, wait a minute. That's, that's ridiculous. This name, name, We don't need to identify which health plan somebody picks. That, that could be a HIPAA violation in and of itself. They just won't even quote without names. Now, the reason they're doing that is because they're going out into the interweb and purchasing consumer health information from these data brokers okay obviously we need
4: to we need to stop you there Craig because we're out of time in the segment um uh, hang on don't go away anybody nobody go anywhere
3: I'm glad I learned about this this week um if you miss an hour get the podcast Armstrong and Getty on demand more to come
0: Armstrong and Getty BP added more than 70 billion dollars to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast
6: the Armstrong and Getty show.
3: Hey, we got on this discussion before the break if you weren't listening with an expert in the field, Craig um about See, I don't want to phrase this wrong way because I'm not trying to encourage people not to be honest with their doctors. Remember I almost went to law school, Jack. Right. <laughs> May I take a shot at it? Sure, well, I'm thinking about the morality of it versus the legality of it, but you're you, oh. you, you think about the legality of it.
4: Well, no, you almost became a, a theologian, so <laughs> I'll let you handle it. I will tell you that Craig Gottwalls is our guest. Craig's the healthcare guru, attorney, law, benefit consultant, benefit revolution, good follow on Twitter, et cetera, et cetera, and a good guy to talk to if you need uh, benefits for your company.
3: I guess the way to state it is don't think what you tell your doctor is just between you and your doctor. It absolutely is not. Now, I have had that experience, and I don't want to, for a variety of reasons, explain what it was, but it was just like a one-off comment to an urgent care doctor one time then uh, this was many years ago then when i went to get life insurance that showed up couldn't get life insurance like what that was a nothing are you kidding um and that happens a lot so uh craig how does this information with all the HIPAA laws end up getting out there and and is there anything we can do about it
5: i want to be careful on that so again If you have, uh, if if you say something that could be uh, an exception to HIPAA, which would be, uh, safety, you know, health and safety of the public, passing out at the wheel, drunk driving, that kind of thing, um, that very well can leak to the DMV, which then makes it a public record effectively. And that's going to be out there in your medical file when insurance looks at it in the future. But what I honestly think the bigger problem is, is that when you, when your employer goes to get health insurance, All of the carriers bidding on the health insurance are not bound by HIPAA at that time in the same way that your carrier is bound by HIPAA. So what they've learned to do over the last 10 years is rely on consumer data brokers and these health aggregators that go out onto the Internet and scour every single imaginable grain of sand about each and every one of us with respect to health. Again, remember Healthcare is the number one employer and the number one lobby in the United States. So there's tons of money in this. And they really want to know, for example, if you have an employee with hemophilia or HIV or any other very expensive disease. So what these health aggregators are doing is they're relying upon social media. They're relying upon hacks, leaks, public records like divorces, lawsuits, birth records, police reports. And they're pulling in all of this data. And they have a file on each and every one of us. And then when when the bidding carrier comes to quote on your employer's business, they take the census of names and all your dependents, because they won't quote without your name and your dependents' name now, and they run that list of names through these health broker databases, and they get back very specific information like, oh, okay, in this group of 500 people, you're likely to have seven HIVs, three hemophiliacs, and, and two- And in, a partridge in and a pear tree. Program. Yeah, Mm. exactly. So this information's out there. It's leaked because of basically a loophole built within HIPAA that doesn't protect you on this line because, again, they're getting it from public public places. And where it gets really insidious is, is, is again, an old Armstrong and Getty adage. Remember, if you're using a free service, it's because you are the product. Mm. So where do many of us communicate online other than social media, maybe with a free email service. So I spent a couple hours last night actually reading the two most popular email services' uh, privacy statements.
3: Boy, you got to be a lawyer to want to do that.
5: Well, I didn't really want to do it, but I forced myself to do it. And uh, let me just tell you, it's a PhD-level course in how to circumvent, how to write something that sounds like it's private, but is really just wide open out there, folks. I mean, they are littered with things that say things like, we reserve the right to share your information with trusted partners or affiliates.
3: And you're talking about Yahoo Mail and Gmail?
5: I'm not naming anybody, but yeah, mm-hmm. I'm talking about these free email services. <laughs> yeah, those are the two I read, frankly. And so like the actual
3: uh, content of your emails is not private?
5: Well, I would just say, I would encourage people to go read those documents and, then, and, and decide for themselves whether they think it's private. I think there are... So many loopholes in there that um, I think I think a lot of it's not private, frankly. Um, wow. You, let's say you click on an ad within one. Let's. It, it, there's just so many examples in in those in those statements that that make it pretty clear that, like for example, here's one example that's easy to follow. They'll say clearly they have to share your information with all of their subsidiaries and affiliates that help them store, analyze, and transmit your information. So now let's say you're sending private health information to a doctor via your email. Well, even if they weren't gonna quote sell that information out of your email directly, any one of their supply chain, any one of the data centers or transmission facilities they're using to send that email, if there's a leak or if one of those entities unscrupulously wants to sell your data, it's out there, it's gone.
4: I'm telling you, privacy is is dead and gone, buried, mourned. Its great grandchild is in its sixties. <laughs> I mean, it's just over.
3: Yeah, it Craig really
4: Gottwals, Craig, the healthcare guru, is on the line. I don't. I just don't know what to do anymore. Our former producer Vince would say, uh, "There's no privacy
5: anymore. Get over it." I think Vince is right. I really. I hate to tell you that, folks, but I think Vince is right. It, it, the, I, one of the paragraphs in one of these statements said went through a long list of trusted partners with whom they may share your data for various legitimate reasons in their mind. And then they said, and by the way, these reports may include aggregate or pseudonym information. Well, that was a that was a Ph.D. level course in spin because it said we may include aggregate or pseudonym information, but nowhere in the document did it say it won't include personalized information. You see how they, they, they throw yeah. in these other terms to make you conclude that it's probably going to be scrubbed free of identifiers, but nowhere does it specifically say we must scrub them free of identifiers. So I uh, I do believe this information is leaking out, uh, maybe through subsidiaries, maybe directly. Um, I spoke with an IT expert last night, a very, very high level person who said, look, your IP address at your home is they know who, who lives there, right? So you're Unless you're running a VPN, your clicks are very likely being either stolen or sold on the open Internet. So let's say you have a house guest who looks up hemophilia drugs at your, at your home. There very well could be a record put out to one of these unscrupulous data brokers that says, hey, this address might have a concern with hemophilia. And I, I keep using that term, guys, because the drugs to treat hemophilia are often a million dollars a year just on that alone.
3: So wow. business would have a great you know, reason to want to know they're hiring somebody that would cost them that so, much.
5: So the largest government complex in our country, the government health care complex, which I believe really trumps the government uh, industrial weaponized military complex, has a massive interest in knowing who has what malady and how much they can charge for that.
4: Wow, that's crazy. That is really crazy.
3: And it could be yeah. you could you, you can think about this in terms of you. You could also think that about this in terms of your kids health and stuff that is out there and on their permanent record as they go out into the world.
5: Kids are worse because kids are on social media. I mean, see wh- one of the ways that's easy to get your head around is it like let's say you join a Facebook group on how to live with diabetes or how to live with heart disease. That's public, done. That's gone. You're you're now you're now tagged with that in the data brokers for the rest of your life. The toothpaste is out of the tube. Kids or are or, de- or depression as I actually
3: trip. had a doctor give me the example the other day of a client who got turned down for their health insurance because they had once told their doctor they were depressed, and it went into somebody put it in their record, and it there it showed up, and life insurance is like, well, we're not going to insure you, certainly not at this rate if you're depressed. That like what? I guess I kind of remember that from five years ago, but so that's that's the way it can affect you.
5: I, well, I would I would honestly have to think a little bit about that. I'm not entirely uh, life insurance. I see how that gets out, but what I would be more concerned about is probably this person. Somewhere online, put out that they're depressed, and oh, that's how it really? got. Wow,
3: you
5: really? I don't, this, no the, kidding. The, the, yes, the protections that you have with your medical providers are are much greater than those than the, these outside data brokers who are just scraping the internet. So, if I were to just look at that on its face, I would say I, I would be much more confident that information got out through an IT leak so, a data broker. So you're, you're
3: saying off. my Facebook group, which is those of us who on the weekends like to get drunk and balance on wood chippers, uh, could have an effect <laughs> on my life insurance?
5: Oh, absolutely, Jack. Absol- no, no questions asked. That's nobody's on business the put- but mine and
4: those of hot- us. <laughs> I find the worrying to be relaxing, <laughs> <laughs> and I just chipping wood relaxes me. Um, so, Craig, I just uh, you know your your uh, IP address VPN thing sparked a couple of thoughts in my head. I mean, You're if quick. I have some like uh, a golf buddy in to visit, and and he uses either my laptop or just our 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 system our network. He's like really into I don't know some bizarre sort of pornography,
3: yeah. farm
4: farmyard porn or something like that. Get better is, friends. Well, well, right, exactly. I choose my guests more carefully than that, but I just <laughs> um, would
5: that is that knowable? That's leaking out. That's leaking out. You cannot assume you have privacy on that. Again, I spoke with, I, I can't, I can't even name this person. They're so high level. They're a federal contractor in this field. And he told me, you absolutely must assume all of those clicks are associated with your address. Absolutely. There's, there's no way you can assume that's safe. Even if you're running, now if you're running a VPN, you have much more protection, but even if you're running a VPN, depending on which VPN, it that, even that may not be entirely secure. So I'll be damned. Don't. There's no such <laughs> thing as privacy you, don't, don't, anymore, don't. is
3: there? There's just no think such about, thing as privacy.
5: Well, think about this. What do I do for a living? I'm constantly Googling high-priced drugs and treatments and therapies because I'm managing that for my clients. And, of course, I work at home a lot. So I, I, I shudder to think at what these data brokers have on me out there, right? My address <laughs> is probably associated with every known malady you can have. Yeah,
3: you're a, you're a hemophiliac with stage 4 pancreatic cancer, as far as they know. And HIV. <laughs> Yeah.
5: Right.
4: Well, and a drinking <soon>. <laughs> yeah. uh, Craig, Craig Gottwalls, Craig the healthcare guru. Craig, it's always so thought provoking. <laughs> Thanks for the time today,
5: huh? You're welcome, sir. And uh, I right. know you guys will have my article up, so readers can can look at this HIPAA stuff. It's unbelievable. But uh, you got to like register to read it. Ah. Uh, Once again, free registration But yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Um, Use me, your use see. your
4: dummy email address, everybody. It'll be fine. Yeah, no worries. All right, thanks, Greg. They
5: have all your data anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
4: we'll have it at Armstrong and <laughs> under Hot Mics. Thanks again. All right.
5: Get well soon.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know how this is coming off. Like I, uh, we got an email from one of our. Uh, uh, cop listeners who doesn't like the idea of encouraging people who are having seizures behind the wheel to hide that from their doctor. Oh but, no! But we indeed. also we also had an email from a truck driver who had had an experience. Who one time he had something he doesn't know if it was a seizure or what. It was a one off, like not enough sleep, too much coffee, whatever. Who caused co- it caused one thing to happen one time in his life years to go, years ago. Told his doctor about it and and uh, and became a big deal with the commercial driving license. So yeah i don't know
4: yeah yeah we
3: should have a and i can understand the motivation like all like so many things that get out of hand safety and liability being the motivation but god we gotta have an ability to be like super honest with your doctor about stuff hey doc is this something to be worried about this happened or i thought this or whatever Without it turning yeah, this into is a, a minor record. problem, I want
4: to nip it in the bud before it becomes something major, Uh uh-huh. you know, for instance. Well, there's an aspect of all of this that we haven't even mentioned. I will uh, give you one hint. He looks like Winnie the Pooh.
3: Okay. Hmm. How does uh,
4: malevolent global actors How does China and their factor? access to everything about you?
3: Okay. Apparently, you're going to tell us about that coming up? Is that what I'm I should assume? am
4: going to tell us about that coming up. <laughs> you can assume that safely.
3: <laughs> okay, that's next.
6: Armstrong and Getty.
0: Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms
6: The Armstrong and Getty Show
1: What's
3: cool sculpting? I might have to Google that I see that's a a problem right now It's some sort of altering your body Anyway, more on that later perhaps yeah, and there's not much to
4: say on the fact that China is building a file on virtually every American, mm. everything they can take from the Internet, steal, hack, open source, uh, whatever.
5: China is asshole!
4: That's well summarized, sir. Um, just because if they ever need a weapon against you, they will have it. Um, that's a little disturbing.
3: Yeah, I'd say. Don't trust China! I'm, I'm not. Ru- Russia, too. I'm not
4: trusting Well, in the China. NSA. <laughs> I'm not trusting anybody.
3: Were you setting up a clip here? Is that what I heard? Or yeah, no? I was going okay. to. I was going Did to. I, I ruin just, it?
4: I'm discouraged by the state
3: of the world. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a bad place to be on a Friday.
4: Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, anyway, moving along, I mentioned earlier that I heard the uh, statement that I thought best summarized our time. It was on the idiotic Dr. Phil show, but a trans activist who has a child.
3: (laughs) The idiotic Dr. Phil show.
4: (laughs) Said the following, just because I gave birth doesn't make me a woman.
3: (laughs) And how did people react to that statement? Yay.
4: Right, cheering. His idiotic audience behaved idiotically, as you might expect.
3: And, you know, even if you're in acceptance of that, cheering it seems weird to me
4: so uh all that's leading up to the fact that the biden administration is attempting to use title IX against women uh that was the act in the early 70s that said uh, women have to have equal access to sports and education and the rest of it Um, and indeed now uh, the biden administration is trying to twist that into letting biological men compete against women which is a a horrific miscarriage of justice and common sense Uh, A couple of clips for you. This is Peyton McNabb, who is a high school volleyball player, um, and I think she explains her experience in clip 22.
6: Um, Due to the North Carolina High School Athletic Association policy allowing biological males to compete against biological females, my life has forever been changed. On September first, two 2022, I was severely injured in a high school volleyball game by a transgender athlete on the opposing team. I suffered from a concussion and neck injury that to this day I'm still recovering from. Other injuries I still suffer from today include impaired vision, partial paralysis on my right side, constant headaches, as well as anxiety and depression. I was unable to play the rest of my last volleyball season. My ability to learn, retain, comprehend has also been impaired, and I require accommodations at school for testing because of this. Allowing biological males to compete against biological females is dangerous.
4: And the response from the Biden administration and the Democrats, for whatever reason, is, why are you bullying transgender children? Oh, God. I know, it's so dishonest. Caitlyn Jenner, of all people, has become an activist on this uh, topic. Clip 20, Michael.
3: Now comes along Joe Biden in Title IX. Joe Biden wants to change Title IX. Title IX was about fairness in sports. And all of a sudden, he wants to change it, not as a women's movement, because Title IX was great for women. So many scholarships, it lifted women's sports. But he wants to change it uh, to just, not women, but just your gender identity. It's totally wrong.
4: In 21, real quick, Michael, thanks.
3: And what was amazing about this legislation, when it went through, it was bipartisan. Every Republican in the House agreed with it. Every democrat voted against women and women in sports. It is amazing to me that that happened. It's amazing to me too. I can't believe this has become a a partisan wedge issue like this that is so uniformly accepted or rejected whether you're an R or a D. Wow.
4: And it's also so revealing and weird that a feminist as beloved and articulate as J.K. Rowling simply says there should not be dudes in women's locker rooms or prisons or on their sports teams. That has earned her the scorn and wrath of the woke crowd.
3: I would like to know how many of those Democrats that voted that way uh, agree with it, like full, full-heartedly agree with it, or are just scared of the, the trans activists, which is a very powerful thing. Scary crowd. I mean, come if they come after you. I saw this. Trans women shower with four Wisconsin high school girls, violating their privacy, a letter to the district claims. So you had four formerly dudes who now say they're yeah, women I'm showering saying, with it, high school it, girls?
4: If you got male genitalia, you're a dude. I'm not going to indulge the craziness anymore. Can you imagine your,
3: your 16-year-old girl seeing Crank in the shower in high school? That's unbelievable.
4: And, and being forced to by the school administration and told to shut up. You're a hater if they object.
3: Wow. If you miss an hour of this show, grab the podcast Armstrong and Getty on demand.
6: Armstrong and Getty.
3: Infinity presents a
4: new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX 80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City.